Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Another outtake episode from Hobby Hotline of about two weeks ago. One of the segments was about trimming, card trimming, which is not approved. It's not a legitimate way to restore a card. It's taking a card. Well, anyway, you should listen to the whole episode of Hobby Hotline from back two weeks ago. That's always a good listen, and you can participate and ask questions. But that's where the conversation went. This is about 12 minutes of that hour-long episode. I want to thank my sponsors, Tops Panini Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins & Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So here it is. Evan Mathis, former NFL player and dealer, now vintage guy, posted a video, I believe it was TikTok or wherever, where he literally showed him trimming an off-center 1965 Tops card given where you could buy all the tools, including the trimmer itself, to do this, and basically advocated that this was okay. He compared it to the art world and restoring photos. And why not make your card, if it still can remain the legal size, that was his point, and you can make it a better conditioned card, why not? He basically said it's the great, he really targeted PSA, but said it was the grading company's fault for not catching all these. He basically said, if you think I'm the only one doing it, you are very wrong. This is really a rampant thing. So I'm just saying, I don't think it's as bad as a lot of other people do. Most people have a very polarizing opinion of this topic right from the get-go. In a democratic society, when things are not illegal, you ought to be able to argue or debate both sides of it. Evan is not doing anything illegal. And he is correct in the sense that we're paying money to the grading companies to make this determination. And they apparently need to get better at it. I know it's a challenge for BGS. There's some proprietary things they look at. But when an oversized card is trimmed, it's especially tricky. Again, there's nothing illegal. And if he submits it and it gets through, he's telling people it's caveat emptor. It's buyer beware that this is going on and it's not right for an altered card to be sold as unaltered. And so my hope is that every altered card is caught. I also have a plan for that. I've su suggested to the Beckett leadership because I think it's an increasing problem. I think it's trending, and I think Evan is picking up on that. It's a worse problem than we think. It's not just PSA. In fact, what you wonder about is if people are trimming cards – they're not sending them to the off-brand grading services. They're sending them to the leading grading services. And if it doesn't get through, they could try another one. PSA is going to be having more ability to detect resubmittals. So I think this is here to stay. There's nothing illegal. Even if you intentionally trim it and do all the stuff that he did, if you send it in and get it graded and it's labbed, as authentic and you get a numerical grade, that's already happening. And there's no crime there. The pushback is when the end user gets it and they think, for whatever reason, I want to crack that out and get a better grade or go to a different grading company. And then when it gets a fresh review, the new grading company says, hey, this has been trimmed. That's problematic. But if it gets through and you put it in your collection, there's no crime here. 
I think it's a moral issue. You're right. Evan Mathis is not going to get arrested. The police aren't going to watch the video or the FBI and knock on his door with a warrant. I think it's a moral issue. I don't know the exact number. Evan Mathis said something like 80% of PSA 9 vintage cards of significance are probably trimmed. That seems like a crazy number to me. What if they're exaggerating? What if it's 40%, 30%, 20%, even still 10%? Lot. It's still a problem. What it does, though, there's a situation where if dealers keep trimming cards, sending them in, getting them rejected, and then selling them raw at their table at a show, they're going to get a reputation for doing that, and that ought to be bad for their business. And for collectors paying huge premiums for nines of very difficult, expensive, even commons from the 60s, and the 50s, but especially in the 50s where there were a lot of oversized cards, relatively speaking. So if it's an oversized card, I'm not saying it's 80%, but it's not negligible. What has to happen in the consumer behavior is that the premiums for these super high grades, these almost unreasonably high grades for 52 tops, if you filtered that with, there's an 80% chance this is trimmed, I can't re-slab it, I can't take even a chance for that. Nobody would re-slab if 80% of the nines. Of course, why would you anyway? So, yeah, I think consumer behavior is going to change and there'll be a reduced premium for these exceptionally high grades on the 50s cards. The PSA qualifiers on their slabs, you'd get an eight with a mark or a seven off center. If you know what you're buying. If I was unscrupulous, I'd buy every OC PSA card that I could somehow have an app on my phone that would be able to detect if the card was oversized, you know, left to right, yeah, or top to bottom, whatever the off-centering problem is, because you have to have both. You have to have an off-centering defect that you could fix with trimming, but you have to have enough, and not just the pressing, because that's minimal, but the ability to take a card that's slightly oversized and shave off on the extra big side. So people are doing this, and I wish they weren't, but we don't live in a perfect world. And I hope that the card grading companies, all of them, can catch this. And then well, it won't happen ahead. as much if they catch it. What is worse for the hobby, trimming cards or cracking slabs to get regraded? I think trimming's worse because you're physically altering the card. Cracking and regrading is just doing this and hoping a different guy or person gives you a higher grade than you previously got. Guys, people are going to do what they're going to do. They're not going to be trimming cards if it's of risk to them to devalue the card. The expected value of the trimming activity is that they are going to increase the value of the card. If they get caught, then they have to have an outlet for the trimmed card. And usually that means they're going to send it to another grading company. But if they send it to three grading companies and all of them reject it, they're now out the grading fee. And they're going to say, hey, this business isn't as simple as I thought. When I trimmed the card, I had a card that was off-centered I could have sold. And now by trimming it, I've made it less sellable and I have to dump it. And cracking slabs, same thing. If you keep cracking the slabs and sending it in and paying grading fees, and as the grading companies get more sophisticated in their ability to detect if it's resubmitted to PSA again, or that they cooperate amongst themselves that, hey, this is the same submitter that's going around the horn doing all of them. If it becomes bad business for the bad guys, they move on to something else.
So cracking and resubmitting is apparently lucrative and trimming is apparently lucrative. I don't want it to be lucrative. I want the bad guys to get punished and I want it to be a money losing proposition. When you doctor a card, you've reduced its value if you get caught and I want him to get caught. There are so many bad actors in a hobby. We need to prop up good people and dealers. We need to have trust again. I don't even like the term actors. I don't even want good actors in the hobby. I just want good people to be in themselves. You okay, know? you're saying the hobby is the actors. <laughs> no, I'm saying we don't need actors. If they want to collect and go to shows and do research like Adam Sandler, those are the kind of actors. The hobby is the acting people. <laughs> <laughs> if they collect and they want to be part of the hobby, sure. Acting means you're being someone you're not, right? That's the connotation to it. I'm not even a good actor. I like to just think I'm a good hobbyist. And so I don't want any actors, unless they're collecting and enjoying the hobby as we all do. Can the grading companies mark the trim or doctored card so the card will always be known as a trimmed or doctored card? I don't think you can. Now you're messing with someone else's card. Put like a hole punch in it or some kind of maybe stamp or however you do it, you're altering someone's card. I don't see that as a possibility. I'm not saying I'm completely opposed to it. It just opens up a Pandora box. There'd be lawsuits containing the stuff like that. You guys know by now I'm an idea guy, so I have an idea for that too. So I propose that, but not not to put the dot on that, the invisible dot, but a way to nip that in the bud. So we'll see. Like I said, Kevin is going to hit the ground running, but he's going to have a lot of sludge dealing with my ideas that I'm throwing his way. But there are problems in the hobby, and I think they can be solved. And that's one that I think is tricky, but it can be solved. Yeah, there are solutions to almost every problem, right? It's just finding them and the right people to do it. Bowman University Inception comes out and Victor Wembayama will have his first signed cards in a product. He does have a Sports Illustrated for Kids card, so it's not technically his first ever card, but it'll be his first card coming out of a real brand's pack with autos. Also in this product will be Caitlin Clark, women's basketball player extraordinaire from Iowa. And she also will have two different autograph cards as well as a base card. The hype on him is way, way too high. And those cards are going to be way overpriced. Caitlin Clark, I'm a huge fan of. I have a Sports Illustrated for Kids card autographed of her that I paid next to nothing for before she got big in March Madness this year. I would consider one of hers after this big buzz dies down later on this year, probably. But the Wembenyama hype is completely out of control. Can't possibly live up to it. I think he's going to be a very good player. Might even take a couple of years to get accustomed to the NBA game. I think he's going to be a superstar or at least has a great chance of being a superstar because the game over there translates very well to the NBA where there's a lot more scoring. It's easier offensively. But it's just not possible to be as great as the prices are for his things right now. Victor Wembanyana, Rama, and Kristaps Przingis. What is the difference? <laughs> One is older than the other. They're both unicorns. Now throw in Chet Holmgren. What do those guys potentially have in common? And that is fragility and yeah. inability to play 82 games a year. Victor body type is similar. Sean Bradley, who had great skills, but got knocked around. So we'll see what happens with Victor Wembanyama. I think he's a legitimate 
number one overall pick. You would have to pick him if the Mavericks get the number one choice. That's who they're going to pick. But it's one of the reasons I'm in the dollar box. I don't have to worry about that. He's not going to be in there. Caitlin Clark won't be in there either. So I think it's exciting to have another crop and to be dreaming about how great they're going to be. But basketball is a very physical game. I think this year's draft is a little like the 2019 draft, which was Zion Williamson, number one, John Morant, number two. And Zion was the can't-miss prospect. And he's amazing. He is one of the best offensive players right now, but he can't stay on the court. He's played like 40% of his team's games. Meanwhile, John Morant is an absolute superstar, minus the drama that he had this year. I, I think you might see the same thing with Scoot Henderson being better than Wembanyama this year. In the long term. Yeah, but they say the same thing about Sam Bowie yes. <laughs> instead of Michael Jordan. Yeah. They're going to go for height, and I think he could be great. It's exciting to think about it, and there's eternal optimism. 